0: What's up, good people? Welcome back to Wisdom for Wednesday, where we discuss varying subjects around womanhood and analyze them through biblical truths. I'm glad to be back as always. It's always a joy to do this. You know, this is like my happy space, my happy place. Um, I feel like <laughs> um anyone who listens to me really, really knows me uh, because this is a place where I really get to be vulnerable. And vulnerability has not always been a strength of mine. Um, if you listened to the lessons that I've learned so far, it's, it's, a, it's an episode, actually two episodes recorded earlier on um, in, in celebration of my birthday. I discussed how I've not always been vulnerable and how I've had, <laughs> you know, and it's something that God is still working on in my life um trust issues, you know. So I've always been one of those careful people. I don't reveal too much and I just don't reveal my information to anyone and anyone, which I feel also is wisdom. You know, it's important to um always follow God's guidance on what you need to share and how much you need to share. But you see when God calls me to this platform or rather he convicted me to come come in here and begin to do this. Um, he completely broke down my walls and he's been leading me and convicting me on what to share. And I believe and pray and trust that everything that is shared in here is useful and impactful to the honor and to the glory of God. That's, that's just why I'm doing this at the end of the day. Um, it's not about me. It's about God and the people that God wants to reach through this platform. So so hi guys um, every time you come and listen, just know that I'm blessed to have you listen and uh, I pray that what you're going through. God would reveal what He wants to reveal to you through either one of these episodes on this platform in Jesus name yeah so what have i have i been up to um i love books that's something i really love i love reading books and you know this past month i just read a book and it was lionessa rising by lisa beaver i don't even know if that's how um, her name is pronounced, but she is a renowned woman of God. She's a powerful teacher of the word, and she's an author. And I love her books. I love her writing. Um, it's very spirit led, and I I just finished reading Leonessa Rising, and it was a really good book. It's a book that basically calls women to live out bold. You know, it's a book that encourages women to accept the calling that God has placed in their lives. Uh, because we have to agree that as women, um, when we respond to the call of God in our lives, then uh, we are able to reach very many people and uh, we can transform the world if we accept and uh, work on the call of God in our lives. And so this book was basically about arising to this call. And we need to arise to this call despite the challenges, despite the hardships, you know, despite fear and doubt, you know, despite any circumstances that we try to, um derail you or would be a roadblock um the book encourages you know women to you know overcome these obstacles and keep trusting god and keep looking up to him for direction and strength and the grace to do whatever it is that he has called women to do so if you're out there and you know, you would love an encouragement, like a pat on your back and a kick, actually. <laughs> if you'd want a kick uh, to push you into starting or setting out on the journey that God has called you to, then this would be a good book to read. You know, after I read this book, I was like, oh, my God, uh, you know, I haven't been recording the podcast. I haven't been coming in here and uh, putting out episodes as much as I initially anticipated I would. And, uh, you know, this book challenged me to do, to, 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 you know, to persist and to keep doing this because I mean, at the end of the day, it's to the glory of God, and he has a purpose as to why, you know, this platform even exists that is beyond me, you know? So I think this is one thing that as women, we also need to know that your calling is beyond you, you know, whatever God is pushing you to do, whatever God is convicting you to do is has nothing to do with you, but everything to do with the next woman or the next guy or children out there for your friends, your family members. God always has a bigger picture that we will we would never really understand or comprehend as human beings, yeah and you know um just speaking of which I would love to just talk about how you know, this podcast, I mean, this episode was supposed to go up yesterday. Oh, but yesterday was one of those hard days. You know, I I think it's always assumed. It's an assumption that when you walk with Christ and when you know Jesus, then there are lesser struggles. You know, you don't feel some type of way or you don't struggle with certain things but i have to say that yesterday oh i struggled i was struggling with my emotions and i was feeling some type of way and i was completely discouraged and i was downcast for the most part for the most part of the day i remember i didn't sleep much the previous night And so, oh, my emotions are all over the place and I just couldn't get myself to record this, you know. And I prayed and, you know, I spoke to someone about it and I'm glad that today I'm, I'm in a better place and I can come in here and share this. So even as I share, this is just to tell you that I'm human as well. I love God. I fear God. Um, But I also go through the everyday struggles and challenges that any other woman would out there. And in this is to mean that God uses anyone. God has the ability to use whomever he'd want to use. And it doesn't matter what you're like and who you, who you are and where you've been and what you've done and what the enemy is trying to do. To keep you from doing what God has called you to do. I just want to encourage you. You who is out there and you're feeling some type of way. A woman out there who hasn't been herself lately. A woman who is dealing with struggles. Things she can't talk about. Uh, Because for me, I feel like sometimes we struggle with things that we can't even put to to words. And it brings us down and it drains us. So... I just felt that I needed to first encourage someone, whatever it is. Give it to God, pray about it, um, and then talk to someone. Oh, it's so therapeutic to actually talk to someone, and even have someone pray over you. Cause sometimes we j- we just can't, and that's normal, and that's not a reason to like bash yourself. So I'm praying for you. And in case you ever want to reach out, um, I'm on Instagram, Jogoine, N J U G U I N I underscore. You can always reach out, um, DM me and let's have a conversation if you ever need someone to talk to or if you even need prayers, you know, you wake up in a, on a day and you feel like everything is falling apart and you can't you don't even really know who to talk to feel free to dm me or whatever the case and i will make an effort to reach back and speak to you and encourage you and pray with you as god leads yeah so basically you know i feel like this is what the book i just read last month is about it encourages women to work together and it encourages women to I understand that we are different but when we hold hands and walk in unity then we can help each other achieve and overcome so much to the honor and to the glory of God and for the sake of the generations to come and for the sake of the generation that we are in already so yeah so that was a really good book and uh, when it comes to scripture scripture that has really been guiding me or has really had some weight this past, um, past month. I feel it's Galatians. I was reading Galatians and uh, Galatians chapter 5, you know. This scripture has really stuck with me, this, um, this, this passage of the Bible. Because in Galatians chapter 5, Paul talks about the spirit of God, you know. And he says actually in Galatians chapter 5, I think 16 through 18 or through 17, he says uh, that we should walk by the spirit so that we may not gratify the desires of the flesh. Um, and the next verse, which is 17, says uh, for the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh and they are in conflict with each other so that we are not to do whatever we want you know this scripture has been resounding in me and in my heart and it's been it's been uh, it's been quite informative even as i continue to walk with god in my journey of salvation is to know that whenever i feel like I'm in a conflict with myself or within myself. It's to know that the spirit and the flesh are actually clashing. And if the spirit and the flesh are actually clashing, I have to be conscious enough to ensure that the flesh does not overpower me. And so when I talk about how I struggled yesterday with my emotions, when I look at it today, I'm like, oh my God, that was my flesh and my spirit in conflict you know because my flesh wants to feel what it feels and it wants to keep me in my feels and it wants me to do this or do that but my spirit is like you'll be encouraged stand firm you know you have come a long way you're all right god is for you and with you and so i feel like this scripture has just been so amazing through this past month and up to now, honestly, it just keeps resounding. And um, so again, it's just an encouragement um, for you who is listening and you are probably at crossroads or you are struggling with something and you do not know uh, how to reach a decision or how to handle or go about it. When you feel like you are being torn apart, chances are that's that the spirit of God and your flesh are in conflict. And they're in conflict so that you can be guided and you don't make um a stupid decision or you don't make a flesh-led decision. So my prayer is that we would be more spirit-led and we'd be more sensitive to the leading of the spirit. Uh, even as we journey through our walk with God, so praise Jesus, <laughs> I just feel like I've given a whole sermon today, and i haven't even begun on today's discussion, but here we go let's get into it. Well, today, I want to discuss the one you know <laughs> we always have this notion and this idea that you know there's someone for everyone and some people are actually believers of this, that, you know, oh, my soulmate is out there. Um, my soulmate exists and whatnot. And there are people who are not firm believers of this. There are people who just wing it in relationships and they're like, you know, whoever comes, comes. I'm not out here trying to wait on no soulmate. <laughs> I don't know what your take is or what your stand is about soulmates, um, about the one the one person that is for you i don't know what your take is but my take is yeah i believe that exists i believe not really a soulmate but the one you know and when i talk about the one of course my premise would be genesis you see when god created adam you know and uh adam was alone and, you know, after God had created all the animals and Adam was about the business of naming these animals, God realized, you know what, there's actually no suitable helper for this guy. So I need to make him someone. And he went into the guy's flesh, took out his rib and formed him Eve. Uh, and so there was a lot of specificity in that. God was specific, you know, in giving Adam a partner. And that's that's why I'm saying I, am of the view that there's actually the one for everyone, <laughs> the one for every woman, and Adam for every Eve, <laughs> yeah. Cause uh, and that lies in um, in specificity. It lies in how specific you have been made, how specific you have been created created as a woman for a particular guy. And this is this is to say that. Um, as a woman, you're not you were not created for a number of guys. You were not created for every Tom, Dick and Harry, Peter, Brian <laughs> James, Martin, you know uh, there's just a particular guy that God would love you to end up with. And so my idea of the one is basically what is basically the guy who is best for you. In God's eyes and a lot of times I feel like um, this is a this is um, a term or an idea that is um, misinterpreted and it is almost used synonymously with perfect or perfection or it's a symbol of perfection of you know this oh it's like almost like we tend to think this one person the one should be so perfect you know we should intertwine and intermingle and just you know just gel into one seamlessly oh when the one comes around they're never gonna be issues we're not gonna be fighting all the time the one is just gonna be so perfect Oh, and I feel like that's a misguided perception because nobody is really perfect. And and regardless of every human being being imperfect, you and I included, that doesn't uh, write out the idea of the one, but it's to tell you that even the one that God has set aside for you is not going to be a perfect person. They're going to come in with their struggles. They're going to come in with their issues. They're going to come in with their shortcomings into their relationship. But there's a way that you're going to be able to work together to handle whatever life throws at you. And so for me, I feel like the one that God has set aside for every woman is supposed to be a symbol of Christ-likeness. This person is supposed to be a representation of Christ in the sense that, you know, Christ loves his bride, the church. And therefore, the one that God brings your way, the guy that God brings your way, should be able to love you <laughs> um, in a similar manner that Jesus loves the church so this guy should be able to borrow tips and be able to um sort of just recreate that kind of love that is sacrificial that is you know everything that is defined in Corinthian's patient kind you know uh love doesn't keep a record of wrongs you know every one of those and it's impossible for an, imp- an, an, an imperfect man to do this aside from God, apart from God. Because when you try and be always forgiving, try and always be forever kind, sometimes you're not going to be able to do it. But when you have Christ in your life, um, Christ makes the difference in us as believers. And that's why I'm saying, for me, the one is, is basically God's best for me, God's choice for me. And uh, when I say God's choice for me, it means that this guy is born again, he fears God. And if he fears God, then he's going to be able to love me, or this born, born again guy is going to be able to love you. Um, how Christ loves the church, because he's going to get... Keep getting these convictions from the holy spirit even when he's not doing the right thing um and whatnot yeah um and i feel like for me also the one that god has set aside for every woman is connected to purpose so there's something that god has set in front of you that he'd want you to do there's a purpose why you are on this earth there's a purpose why God created you. There's a purpose why you are just the way you are because you are unique and you're different. And in your uniqueness and you're different, God wants to use you as he so desires. And uh, because you also have your own purpose, it means that you should be walking in your purpose. And then this guy, the one, is going to come in to help you complete this purpose or to keep pushing this purpose forward even as you do the same for him so what i'm saying is that um this the one the one that god has set aside for you is not coming to complete you um you're a whole human being because sometimes i feel like we Um, We also have this expectation of when, oh, when I meet this guy, oh, he's going to come in and, you know, there's going to be a sense of completion. Uh, If at all in your singleness right now you feel as if there is inadequacy or you feel a sense of dissatisfaction or a sense of inefficiency, I'd encourage you, you know, to just try and figure out how to attain wholeness or or how to become a whole human being without necessarily waiting for this other person to come in and set you on that journey. So the one is going to come in and help you complete your purposes in this life. But he's not going to come in and complete you as as a woman. So there, there has to be a sense of wholeness before the one comes otherwise uh it's gonna be unrealistic to expect a fellow human being to just come in there and <laughs> you know turn things around in your life and make you feel whole and good and um and and perfect about yourself so this is something that as women we need to first cultivate minus the guys we Courting or minus the guy that God intends that we would get married to, and so with knowing this concept of the one, I feel just understanding that God has someone out there for you is sort of like you know, it's like an amazing grace. You know, it's not always easy to patiently wait, to blindly wait. But it's really encouraging to know. At least for me, it it has been really encouraging to know, listen, there's a particular guy that God has for me, that God has set aside for me. And it helps me stay focused on the things of God. And it helps me not be bothered so much with dating. Honestly, (laughs) I'm at a point in my life where dating around is like, A no-go zone. Um, Dating this guy, dating that guy, dating the other one or whoever. Oh my God, it's just something that... God has brought me to a place where I'm content with just being single until He's ready to show me this is a brother. (laughs) Or until He connects me with someone and it's so divine that I'm like, okay, here, there's something that is so, so different about this connection. And I sense, and I sense, uh, you know, like it's a divine connection, you know? So what I'm saying is that, um, just knowing that God has someone for you, Is going to help you not settle with someone you're not supposed to be with in the first place. It's going to give you peace to know that indeed, you know, it's going to happen eventually, it's going to help you focus on the things that you need to be focusing on in singleness, yeah? It's going to help you do the things that you need to be doing right now as a single woman without over-focusing on, oh, who am I going to date? Who am I going to date? Oh, who is hitting on me? Who is not hitting on me? Uh, you know, and whatnot. I remember um, when uh, I wasn't born again. <laughs> and I'd listen to these women who would say that you know God connected me to my husband um God you know showed me who my husband was, a revelation, maybe in a dream or a vision or whatever um you know, or God you know God did something to connect her to a spouse, and I think that's magical <laughs> there's something. <laughs> that we call magical thinking in psychology, where you think you are something you're not, like you think you're the president, or you think you are maybe Michael Jackson, or you think like you are, you know. So for me, I used to think, oh my God, that is crazy, crazy. But now, since I've been born again, I have come to realize that actually these stories are not myths. It it happens um, to Christian women, it happens to Christian men. It happens in the church. It happens in the confines of our churches that God reveals spouses to people. Uh, it's not really a far-fetched idea, and it's not, it's not unusual for God to connect complete strangers, you know. And this shows us the extent to which God is ready to join you to the one you know, that indeed God created you for a particular person. You are a suitable helper to a particular guy because he connects strangers. You know, when some people talk about how they met, it's like a movie and you're like, okay. And you end up just knowing it could have only been God. So I'm here to tell you today that, you know, it happens and God hasn't stopped doing it. He's still in the business of doing it. But it takes a lot of trust, a lot of faith in God, a lot of spiritual maturity to just know that, okay, he said it's going to happen, it's going to happen. Uh, To trust, obey, and wait, even as he orchestrates the whole thing. Um, I feel like when you know this, you have peace and you're not too troubled about who you're going to end up with. Uh, I think last week I was watching something on YouTube and I was watching a lot of things on YouTube. You know, the way you're watching and then it keeps suggesting and suggesting. And it suggested um, a particular program and the host is Tamima. Um, I think it's in Hebrew. I'm not sure. And um, Tamima had hosted Shafiwero, Dr. Ofweneke, and who? And Dr. And who? Oh, sorry, and uh, Robert Burale, yeah, the three guys. And they were talking about heartbreaks. And they were discussing how men just handle heartbreak and whatnot. And it was a really, really good conversation. If you'd love to go and watch that, you can actually, you know, just go and listen in. We are, we are always learning. There's always something to learn from anyone. So it ha- it had really good insights and very good opinions from these guys. And, you know, Shafiwara said something that was very interesting that I that really stuck with me. He said, things don't go wrong in relationships. Things start wrong. Now, listen, it's not mostly what you do in between there. It's mostly how it started. You um probably didn't pay so much attention to how you guys have met. You didn't pay too much attention to the red flags as as they came in the beginning. You probably... Uh, you know, just went into a relationship out of convenience. You went into a relationship to heal from a previous relationship. You went into a relationship as a rebound. It's how it starts that counts. Yeah. So even as we talk about the concept of the one and God connecting Christian women or God connecting singles together, um, it's important to know that how it starts is very, very crucial to how the relationship goes. And for me as a woman, I feel like I just want you to start well. I want you to start with a firm and strong foundation who is God. I don't want to get into a relationship and then when we're smack in the middle of it, that's when I'm trying to introduce God to the guy. I'm like, hey, you know, by the way, may I go to church or me I'm born again. And I'd like like for you to also be born again. You know, we start introducing things in between. And now this causes a shift and an imbalance. So it's important to pay attention to how it starts. Because if it's not starting with God, I mean, God can do anything, He can come right in the middle of it and change the whole situation. But it's going to be hard to start introducing it in the middle when, you know, it's going to be more challenging. So that really caught me. Things don't go wrong. Um, it's how they start. They actually start wrong. So let's, um, let's try and desire or purpose to actually start our relationships right. And, you know, so I was talking about um, how God connects singles and how God connects strangers. It's possible. And, you know, just to guide me. Or to guide this discussion is Genesis twenty-four, and in Genesis twenty-four, we oh, it's such a beautiful story, you guys. I thought Ruth and Boaz was a beautiful story. (laughs) Oh my God! Until I came across, I I came across Isaac and Rebecca's story, and I was like, oh, I was like, I see you, God. You know how you just see God's hand and you're like, oh my God, oh my God, that's just so amazing. And, you know, every time we think that the Bible doesn't have, you know, sound or um relevant guidelines in our time and age, let me tell you, the Bible has everything. I've learned that the Bible really, 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 has everything and it's a very sound resource for whatever you're going through. There are just these stories in there that um, are, are are revealing and they give such deep revelations and such deep insights. And so Rebecca and um, Isaac's story is a story that's just going to show us an idea of the one and how God goes about it in connecting in connecting single people. So for you who is out there and you're a single woman and you've been waiting, God probably revealed who the guy is, but when you look at the guy, you're like, hey, 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 there's no way how. And you want to give up on the wait. You want to just connect yourself. (laughs) You're at a point where you feel like you want to connect yourself to um, this guy, this other guy. Uh, I just want to tell you that god can do it and he he's in the business of doing it and rebecca is proof that it can happen so so what happens when god connects singles the first thing is that they are equally yoked when it's of god you guys share principles you guys first of all share the same god you guys um have the same belief system you're guided by biblical principles you know biblical standards are your standards (laughs) and god is your foundation so god ensures that you know you're a single woman and you are waiting on a spouse and if you trust me with this thing i'm gonna make sure i bring you a spouse whom, with whom even when you bash heads when you clash you still have a common denominator who is me you know, you have a common factor that will always keep you grounded or will always solidify your union. So you have to realize that Isaac grew up among the Canaanites. This is where Abraham was led by God to settle. There were Canaanites in the land. And so these Canaanites, of course, they were beautiful women. Of course, I'm sure if Isaac was interested in beauty, he would have found it and in its variations But you have to realize that Isaac was a child of God. He was a child of the promise. You know, when God gave Isaac to Abraham and Sarah, God was like, this is a child of the promise. He was a child of the covenant. And therefore he knew God. He feared God. He had the fear of God in him. And there was no way God was going to allow Isaac to marry a Canaanite because Canaanites were non-believers. They didn't share in the faith with Isaac. So in as much as there were beautiful women, if he wanted children he could have gotten a woman to sire him kids. But the, the the guiding principle and the most important thing for Isaac was to find a woman who knows God and fears God. So God prohibited Isaac from marrying a Canaanite. Not because it was pride not because it was God trying to be racist. How can, even, how can God even be racist? <laughs> and you know, and it, it was highly spiritual. And so for me, here, out here, I'm like, okay, I'm going to meet good-looking guys. You're also going to meet good-looking guys. You're going to meet guys who are set financially. You're going to meet all these guys who are amazing. Guys who are good. Have you ever just met a really good person? Like a really good guy, but this guy is not a god guy he's good he you know ticks the boxes and whatnot but this there there the, the is no your foundation would be shaky because if you join with um a guy who doesn't really fear God he's coming he comes in on his own foundation you come in on your own foundation and then um What happens? So as a believer waiting on God, when God connects you to the one, the the guy that he wants you to be with, your interests for a spouse become different. You know, your inspirations of being with this person have to at one point, match your faith. And that is basically, is he born again? And when you trust God with this whole process, God makes sure that he is born again. And that's why we find Isaac marrying Rebecca with whom they shared um faith. Okay, so... What you need to ask yourself at this point, what are some of the things that you would like to see in this guy that you would want? Because God doesn't want you to compromise your standards for a guy. Uh, You need to know that if you you fear God and you love God, then your Christian principles and standards make you who you are. And if you're going to compromise that or if you're going to try and change them, then you're likely to lose yourself in the process and if you lose yourself in the process then what's going to happen even when you get married it will now be probably a time of now going back a time of rediscovery rediscovering who you are again and then now trying to align yourself with this other person so god wants you to hold ground hold ground sit tight because God is going to bring you a guy who shares in your belief system and in your faith eventually. So what else happens when God brings the one? Um, God answers prayers. You know, if you're out there and you trust in God and you are, you know, praying and waiting and you've gotten a revelation... God answers prayers. That's one way of him showing you that indeed he wants you to to be joined to someone or to a particular person. You need to be very, very specific. What I've learned with prayer is that they need to be specific. You know, prayers need to be concise. You need to communicate exactly what you want to God. If you want your health restored, direct. If you want this and this and this, make it very direct when you're praying. So you need to know, um, so when, um, what happened is that Abraham sent his servant to go and bring Isaac Rebecca. And so when uh, Abraham's servant arrived in the city of Nahor, he prayed to God. He asked God, God, you need to reveal Isaac's wife to me. Because he arrived at a time where all the women were out and they were going to fetch water. So it was fetching water time um, in this city when the servant arrived. And so every woman was out. Every beautiful woman, the young huh? And, and striking woman, they were all out going to fetch water. So there was no way how this servant, Abraham's servant, was going to know who God really wanted to be, Isaac's wife, without asking God himself. So he gave God specifics. He gave God the signs that he intended to see in the woman that God had in store for Isaac. And he told God, then God, I want to see this, and I want to see this, and I want to see this, and that's how I will know she is the one that I have come to get. And so even for you as a single woman, you need to be very, very specific in your prayers with God because you are surrounded with uh, many possible suitors, you know. You have many guys hitting on you. You have guys that you are going out on dates with, you know, you go out for lunch and, you you know, you're doing stuff with and you haven't really committed. You're just trying to see where it lies. Even as you meet all these possible suitors, it's important to pray and ask God for, for his direction so that you would know who is real, so that you would know who is truly the one for you. Because most of them, Most of the guys that are are around you right now are counterfeits because there there can only be one designated person, you know. So all these other people, they are not the ones. (laughs) There's only one, the one. And this is why prayer is going to be the solution when you find yourself in such a place, you know. The only way to know which one is the one (laughs) is to tap into the spirit of God through prayer because when you pray uh revelations come and you know the holy spirit of god increases you in discernment and in this way you're able to learn you start illuminating these dudes you're like this one mm-mm. this one mm-mm. this one no based on how the spirit of god he's leading you is leading you um the spirit of god is a spirit of truth the spirit of god is a spirit that leads us into all truth You need to know that the Holy Spirit of God was sent to us as a helper. And he was sent to us to help us even in the things concerning our hearts. Even in the things concerning love and whatnot. So when you pray, the Spirit of God leads you into the truth. Into the truth of who is a counterfeit. And into the truth of who is actually the one that God has set apart for you. And you know, I love John 16, 13 to 14 so much. It's a scripture that I... That encourages me a lot also. And it talks about but when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears. And he will tell you what is yet to come. He will bring glory to me, taking from what is mine and making it known to you. Taking from what is mine and making it known to you. So basically the Holy Spirit tells you what god wants for you directly if it's a no to a particular guy that you wanted to be him then it's a no if it's yes to this other guy that okay he's okay god but hey hmm, you know normally i wouldn't pick him uh are you sure god you know but you know it's it's a revelation and that is a guy that god wants you to be with so it's important to pray and also prepare your heart to 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 accept what God has set us set in front of you even if it doesn't look like what you would ordinarily go for um so when God joins the one I mean when God joins singles or brings forth the one there's something else that happens it's confirmed there's a clear confirmation from God uh, so when Nahor, Identified Rebecca as the one after praying to God. um He went into Rebecca's house. Laban, who is Rebecca's brother, went and brought him into the house. And so uh, Abraham's servant now explained himself and said why he had come. He had come to find a wife for Isaac. And you know, yeah. And so you need to see how the Spirit of God works because at this point, when the servant explains himself, then. Alaban, Rebecca's brother, and Bethwell, Rebecca's father, interjected, and this is what they had to say. It's recorded in Genesis 24:50 50 to 51. This is from the Lord. We can say nothing to you one way or the other. Here is Rebecca. Take her and go, and let her become the wife of your master's son, as the Lord has directed. So God confirms um there's going to be a sort of confirmation that completely puts any shadow of doubt to rest because sometimes of course we ask God for signs then we see the signs and the holy spirit leads us into knowing who God um is setting aside for us or who God would like to join us to but when even as this happens uh, because probably it hasn't gone how we wanted it to go or rather how we anticipated or rather how we hoped it would go oh because it's probably the guy's probably a little too short and you'd prefer the tall one you know so sometimes we struggle so that and to deal with our struggle and to put our struggles to rest god Confirms. He uses external sources to confirm. He uses his own word to confirm. He uses whoever he desires to use to confirm that indeed this is the direction that I want you to take. That indeed this is the guy that I have set in front of you. And so he confirmed through Laban and Bethuel that indeed Rebecca, that indeed Rebecca was to be Isaac's wife. Uh, when it's of God what we need to know is that there's not going to be any confusion. God is not a God of confusion. He operates in an orderly manner. And uh, confusion is is, is of the enemy, and it kind of indicates that it's probably an issue. And again, it goes back to what I was discussing earlier. If you feel conflicted, it means that your flesh, (laughs) what you want, minus God, and your spirit, the Holy Spirit of God that leads to truth, that makes known to you what God intends, are clashing. And if they're clashing, um, it means you need to pay more attention to the spirit so that you can do what God desires that you would do, so that you can make the right choice even when it comes to your spouse. The essence of confirmation is that doubt would be eliminated every shadow of doubt would be eliminated and that's why god confirms to the singles so what else does god do when he's bringing singles together when he's trying to bring you the one god releases you into marriage and you feel ready okay so you have prayed god has confirmed and uh You just feel ready. You feel ready. There's no hesitation. There is no, you know, there there, there are no, you know, doubts, second doubting and worry and panic. You just feel ready. And what happened in this case is that um, after all this had happened, um, Rebecca's family wanted to hold on to her for 10 days before releasing her to go to Isaac's to become a wife. They wanted to keep her a bit longer. But you need to know that God had already been working on Rebecca and she was ready to go. So she was called in and she was asked if she was living to leave, if she was willing to leave um her parents' house. And her response was very clear and precise. Um Genesis 24 57 to 58. Then they said, Let's call the girl and ask her about it. So they called Rebecca and asked her, Will you go with this man? I will go. She said, <laughs> she was willing, she was eager, and you guys need to remember, she hasn't even seen this Isaac. Afadhli, where where? And it's it's it's, <laughs> it's better you and I. At least we we are seeing what we are working with, <laughs> and you can say, okay, God, he's not. She's probably not as tall as I wanted. Um but he's all right (laughs) he's okay i can work with this but listen rebecca is so eager to go and get married to a guy she has not even laid eyes on but because god has been working on her heart she's like you know what what you want for me god i want for myself oh and what a beautiful challenge this is to reach a point where even as single women we can be like oh god listen me there are things i want but god if those things you don't want for me then i also don't want for myself because god you have seen the whole picture you've seen how this marriage is going to go you have seen you know the person that i so long for and so desire then it's okay god because i feel like sometimes We want what we are familiar with. And I feel that's why we keep going into this. We keep going into the same cycles and patterns of dating. And we keep dating the same kind of men, you know. You get into a relationship and you're like, oh my God. He's emotionally distant you get into another one guy same problem emotionally distant and you're kind of like you know there's a pattern going on because i feel like we want to persist with what we want so much we want to hold on to the lists that we have created and the, the what we really really want that we forget that God really has a a role to play, and if you give Him a chance, He's going to give us what we intricately need. I mean, the reason why we leave relationships is because there are intricate needs that are not being met. Emotional, you know, there's just something that isn't working, but God brings a person that He knows is just going to feel that need. Remember, this person is not going to be perfect. But they're going to be perfectly imperfect for you. So, basically, what this tells us is that when God brings the one, yeah, the man, say, man them, <laughs> when God brings this guy, you know it's of him because you will not hesitate. Uh, people might try to delay you. Like Rebecca's mother and brother were trying to do, they were trying to delay her and keep her, people may try to get in the way of it, but for you, you'll be so confident and you'll be so ready and this will convince them, hiya, yeah. okay, let's leave this let's leave this chick to go she you know God has done his thing, let us leave him to go so um what I'm saying is that, and this, this brings me to another point, it's marriage marriage ceremonies, rather ah not sorry yeah marriage ceremonies wedding ceremonies should not be so complicated oh corona season has taught us that you know you can (laughs) you can do a wedding and it's successful with your 15 guys with yeah it can happen and a budget wedding is okay and you need to know that you know a wedding is worthy in God's eyes. There's, not, there's no wedding that is unworthy in God's eyes. You can simplify the wedding ceremony and it will still remain worthy in God's eyes. There's nothing wrong with a big and flashy wedding. God still, God still um, authenticates that. And there's nothing wrong with a small budget wedding. It is perfectly in order. But what you need to know is that God would have prepared your heart for it. And this takes me back to what I was discussing. What I discussed in this last episode is in singleness. That, you know, singleness is for preparation. Focusing on the things that matter. Career. um, You know, your own personal development. You know, the things of God. Finding purpose. You know, rediscovering your gifts. Spending time with yourself to understand who you really are. And being content in who you are, because I feel like you could also God could bring this guy, and you are not ready, and so now you you start doubting and and fighting what God is trying to do, because you haven't really been preparing, and you haven't been sitting in the presence of God to know how God speaks, so that even when he comes and brings a guy and, and you feel in the spirit, something is telling you, this is a guy." You, you're you not sure if this is a voice of truth or the voice of the father of all lies, the enemy. So yeah, sing, let's use our singleness to sit at the feet of Jesus to learn and to learn how to hear his voice. Yeah, so something else that God does when he brings singles together or when he brings the one is that he ensures there's a physical attraction. I think this is a big deal. This is where now we struggle with giving this whole love thing to god because we want to control it i want to be the one who picks tall dark and handsome that's how it goes with me okay so me stories of a short guy stories of a light-skinned guy me a apana tambua you know stamboy but you know when god is even when god brings you a guy who necessarily does not fit into the physique description that you otherwise prefer, God will still ensure there's a physical attraction. God doesn't have, he's not interested in misjoining you. God is not interested in connecting you to someone whom you're not going to be attracted to. Listen, God is the one who created this sex thing to begin with. He's the one who told Adam and Eve, okay, now go multiply and fill the earth. So, what business has God with trying to bring you someone with whom you're not gonna be, you know, compatible with in that way? God is gonna ensure physical attraction is present. We are told that in this passage we're told Rebecca was beautiful to behold, and she was a virgin on top of it so she was beautiful and a virgin and Isaac was attracted to her the moment he saw her because we are told he took her into his mother's tent and they consummated the union immediately soon as Rebecca arrived like this at her, there was no you know there was no time to waste Isaac was like come in here let's do this thing man so <laughs> you need to be assured and confident in that God is not is not trying to misjoin you God is interested in you being physically attracted to the person he brings. And so you need to trust him. You need to trust him and need to trust him. So it is confirmed by Rebecca that even when God joins you, you will be attracted to the guy and the guy will be attracted to you. So let's not try and try and control the narrative so much that we don't give God a chance to do what he so desires. Because beyond the physical, there are other things that you need that God knows you need and he's trying to bring through a certain guy but you won't give God a chance because you're fixated on you know physical qualities, financial qualities. I'm not saying they're not important. They're important important of course, but there are bigger things that God is focusing on because if the focus was only on you know how does he look physically? Um how much does he earn? And all these other things that she, we have initially focused on then We wouldn't be getting in and out of relationships, but this is a wake up call just to tell us as single women that there are bigger things that we ought to be focusing on that are just that go beyond face value. That go beyond face value. That God is trying to ensure we get through the ones He brings our way. Yeah. So from this story, it's evident uh, that God. What is of God requires zero manipulation. Rebecca did not try to manipulate the script in any way. Her, she was just following the leading of God, you know. Rebecca didn't go looking for Isaac left right and center beautiful as she was. We are told she was beautiful and she was a virgin. She stayed put in her father's house. Um Rebecca didn't have to compromise her Christian standards. She was still a virgin and she was pretty. She must have been hit on, I'm sure, for her beauty. But, you know, she stayed put and was like, listen, I'm waiting on what God has in store for me. And even if you've had sex before, uh, you can start practicing celibacy now, even as you wait for God to bring that one guy that he has in store for you. You know, uh, and then something that is also important is that Rebecca did not disobey the conviction of God to marry Isaac, a stranger in a far off land. Rebecca accepted this and she went ahead with it. Rebecca did not try to persuade Isaac to marry her. We are out here doing the most. And I know sometimes it's it's it just comes naturally. You've been seeing this guy or you meet someone so quick and then you start to pressure them for marriage and whatnot. Um, you're not supposed to persuade a guy. I discussed it also in the previous episode that, you know, A guy knows if he wants to marry you as soon as he meets you. He he doesn't need you to give him a speech. He doesn't need you to encourage him, (laughs) you know. Uh, You know, he knows, he knows. Just leave it all to God. God is going to work it out for you. And so if you're out there, you're single, and you're trying to figure this thing out, Rebecca is proof that there is the one. Allow God to connect you. To the one. So singleness is not a life sentence. Singleness is a season to grow, develop yourself as you wait on what God is about to do. So this has been Joanne on Wisdom for Wednesday. Looking forward to journeying with you towards Christ-centered womanhood. God bless you.